Hello and welcome to this special episode of Categorically Oscars. I'm Chris. And I'm Kyle. And this week, uh, like so many other Oscars-themed podcasts, we are getting down to predictions. Uh, we're going to make cast our ballot, so to speak, for um, for this year's 93rd Academy Awards, both predicting what we think will win and saying what we would want to win or hope to win. And sometimes those will be very different. <laughs> yeah, I was surprised it was sort of either really different or the same for, you know, it's kind of 50-50 for me um, for a lot of these. But we might not get um, so much sort of uh, of a correlation between our personal picks this year than we have in the past, I would say. We already know that we disagree about a couple of films. Um, so... Mm-hmm be interesting to find out who your favorites are um but it will be mainly a prediction episode and um we have a special sort of forfeit for for who gets the most predictions wrong yeah we decided that um whoever loses that is whoever gets fewer correct predictions uh we both put up a nightmare category for our next episode um not for the, our next episode after the Oscars, I should say. And it turned out to be a nightmare for both of us. Uh, so whoever wins this episode will still lose. But <laughs> I put up the fourth Academy Awards lineup for Best Picture. Um, it has been... That was my worst experience so far, writing my blog on the Best Picture nominees, and uh, returning to it would be just awful. Okay. Um, <laughs> and I, I chose a recent category, Best Picture 2008, um, which was so bad it forced the Academy to change the rules <laughs> and expand <laughs> the, the lineup. So, um, yeah, so we... We should have a lot to talk about either way, whichever whichever category wins. Um, but let's get on to this year. Let's get on to this year. Um, what category are we starting with? We are going to follow the uh, order that the 92nd Academy Awards gave out the prizes last year. Um, and this is, I think, generally probably going to be similar to the order this year. But they always tweak it a little bit, but um, we'll be following last year's. And the first award last year was presented for Best Supporting Actor. Um, And last year that was presented by Regina King to Brad Pitt. So this year, who is Laura Dern going to present it to? Well, it's got to be Daniel Kaluuya, right? Um, I think especially like, it's it's quite refreshing that we don't have too many sweepers in the acting categories this year. But uh, if there is one, it's Daniel Kaluuya. Um, so it it definitely feels like he will win this one hundred percent, and I think the odds are like twenty to one on. Um, can you agree? Yeah, uh, that was my mine as well, Daniel Kaluuya. Um, though I'm a, I'm afraid I have not yet seen. Judas and the Black Messiah. It's one of two Best Picture nominees that I have yet to see. I will see it by Oscar night. But of the nominees I've seen, I'm hoping it goes to Paul Ratchie for Sound of Metal, uh, whose performance in that was sublime, and I would really love to see him win it. Absolutely agree. Completely. I would vote for him in a heartbeat. Um and also not the kind of performance that gets nominated. Like, it's really, really understated um, mm-hmm. for an Oscar nominee, especially in this category, which tends to go with really big performances. Um, so it, it, it's nice to see him there in the first place. Um, but yeah, definitely, definitely my favourite. Although I did really like Kaluuya too. But. Okay. But a lot, I mean, I've read a lot of criticism of his nomination and stanfield even being in this category because they are co-leads rather than supporting would you would you agree with that absolutely um they're both lead and um stanfield more lead and i kind of 
also didn't think Stanfield was that good. So it's sort of like a double whammy <laughs> um, where they then nominated okay. like a, a lead performance that, I, you know, really wasn't that impressive. Um, and also they could have thrown a, a different film a nomination as well, which is kind of like, you know, just gone for one of the favourite films. Um, but yeah, that that's an absolute joke, that nomination. Yeah. So the next category presented, well, uh, two categories presented by the next presenter, uh, the animated films. So let's begin with best animated feature. Now, I will say I haven't seen any of these, um, I'm afraid. Do you like animated films? Yes and no. Like I've been wanting to choose animated feature as a category for us for a while, but it seems like all of them have at least one absolutely crap film in the lineup <laughs> that I just don't want to endure. And I can't believe that less than five quality animated feature films are released every year. Uh, but it seems like the Academy just runs out of steam halfway through and then just goes with the first thing that pops into their heads. Uh, so for this one, I, I picked Soul uh, because it seems to be winning a lot, and it's a Pixar film, which always uh, does well in this category. Yeah, this one's nailed on uh, for Soul, which is kind of a shame because Tom Moore's um, filmography, The Secret of Kells and Song of the Sea, uh, it's just beautiful, to be honest. And I think he's probably one of the greatest animators around at the minute. Um mm. And I like Soul is very convoluted as a film as well. Like the beginning is sort of like what is going on. Um, but I've not seen Wolf Walkers or any of the others. But um, I probably vote for Wolf Walkers anyway because I love Tom Moore. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, this is this is going to Pixar again. Yeah. And that's as good a segue as any, I think, into animated short film. Um... I'm guessing, I mean, we mentioned when we did short animated film 82 that uh, the days of this category going to anything other than cutesy shit uh, is probably gone. And so that's why I'm predicting Burrow. Okay. Um... It's not what I would like to see when, um, but I, I, I have a feeling it will. I would have said that. If you know, if only because people have a lot of people see it after they see um Soul, um, but it's it feels like it's the Netflix, the Netflix film or the Netflix factor of if anything happens, I love you, which is on there and has been on there for a while, um, mm-hmm. might really help that movie as well as the school shooting political element to it, um. And as well as the tear-jerking pull, I think Burrow, it's more cute than it is emotional. Um, yeah. I thought both were quite good, actually, but uh, the best one for me was Opera, which kind of did remind me a little bit of Tango that we, we did for the 1982 category, um, mm-hmm. which has this sort of... Um, sort of civilization within a pyramid and there's all sorts of mini uh, compartments with things going on and that one was really really impressive to me um, more than the others um, but I think it, that's just too odd to win I think they will mm-hmm. definitely go with with uh, if anything happens I love you or Burrow but I'm going with mm-hmm. the former okay I would I if anything happens I love you is my pick uh, to win as in I want it to win um, but I, I've i kind of picked more uh, socially conscious films for the other short subject categories spoiler alert so um, <laughs> I just I don't see them going across the board socially relevant I figure they'll need some relief um, from it an animated short is a good category to, to provide that you could be right yeah Okay, then after that, we moved on to the Screenplay Awards, and it begins uh, with Best Original Screenplay. Now, I read something very scary on Twitter 
by somebody who seems to know what they're talking about, which is that uh, Trial of Chicago 7 could possibly win this category, which would actually put it in a good position to win Best Picture. Um, And again, not even having seen the film, that would be awful. Uh, (laughs) But I have not picked that. Um, My pick for this category, uh, my prediction is Promising Young Woman. Um, I think it has kind of the momentum and the, and just seems like, uh, it will be the category that this film wins. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. I think, I think also often the most original film does win and like, it definitely feels that this is the film with the most original point of view that's not really been presented in this way before, um, so and that's regardless of the screenplay um which has some issues i would say but um yeah. with its plot with its plotting um but yeah i i mean i would vote for sound of metal um for this one probably um but i it's got to be promising your woman i think yeah my vote would be uh, minari actually of the of these nominees and again haven't seen all of them still need to see judas and the black messiah but i i really loved the script of minari i thought it was um very touching and very well put together so that would have gotten my vote yeah it's lovely and how about adapted screenplay what do you think here uh this one seems to be a little bit of a nail biter um i think you'd know more than me about um potential best picture winners winning screenplay as well um which is is sort of often happens but i'm not predicting the best picture to win the best screenplay category um yeah. i'm gonna go with the father for this and i i'm t- referring to nomadland um being the, the yep. front runner for, for the best picture award but i feel like the father probably won't win anything else and this is also um, Christopher Hampton, who's a very famous playwright, did Dangerous Liaisons and Atonement and various other things. Um, so I, I do think the prestige factor is there, and I also think maybe the British contingent will push the father over the line here. Um, mm-hmm. But it's certainly a close race. Yeah. Um, and it, it is definitely... Um, common for the best picture winner to also win screenplay or at least get the get the nomination um so we haven't had a a best picture winner without a screenwriting nomination since titanic and i really don't think we're gonna see that change this year uh my prediction for this is nomadland uh, actually even though my personal vote would actually go to the father um i think it's a very good adaptation and you're right uh it has that kind of prestige factor and that feeling to it i think if it is going to win any of its nominations it'll probably be this one if it does win but my prediction i'm going to stick with nomadland okay we've got a lot different so far so surely there's going to be an outright winner here um (laughs) (laughs) we've got we've got best live action short film next right that's right yep what did you think of this group as a whole? It's very heavy. <laughs> yeah. And it it seems to present glimmers of all of them that I haven't seen White Eye, but I've seen the other four. Um, and they all seem to present glimmers of hope um, within a very dark situation. Uh, and... I am predicting and also want to see when the present. Um, okay. I, I was very engrossed by this film and the relationship between the uh, father and the daughter and so much of it unsaid. And even though there was quite a lot of um, conversation, uh, I don't think that it relied very much on it to tell the story. And it was just a very gripping film. And the ending was pretty you know pretty tense probably the tensest ending of any of these so that that one gets my prediction and would get my vote i really liked um 
the end of that one. Um, I The reason I'm not predicting the present is because it's Palestinian and I don't know if that's going to count against it, to be honest. Um, but mm. I, I liked it. I, th- I thought they were all sort of on the three-star level for me. I didn't think there was anything that was amazing. Um, yeah. My preference is White Eye because... I thought it felt the most honest. They all feel a bit didactic, but to me that one felt the most honest. Um, but I'm mm-hmm. going to predict two distant strangers to win, um, despite the fact it's completely ridiculous. <laughs> um, <laughs> because I think it's probably, conceptually, it's a bit more interesting than the others. Um, and it's also quite entertaining, even though the acting is leaves a lot to be desired. Um, I think that there could be a political element to why that wins. Yeah, well, I I didn't go for that one for a couple of reasons. Um, one of them, yeah, the acting is a little too broad, and it seems like they want it to be. The acting seemed like it'd be more in place for a dark comedy. Yeah, but the script doesn't seem to go that way. But there was actually a short comedy film from three or four years ago with the exact same concept but it is played as a dark comedy called uh black groundhog day and it's the exact same the exact same story a young black man gets pulled over by the cops and gets shot wakes up in bed and has it happen over and over and over again and that's it uh so i'd seen it before so as soon as the con, as soon as it became clear what the conceit was, um, it kind of lost me a little bit because I kind of knew what it was going for. That, that's a bit shameless, on their part. Mm. That the the guy who did, unless it's an adaptation of its own thing, but um, otherwise I'd be pretty pissed off if I was <laughs> if I'd made the Groundhog Day one. Yeah, I I actually don't know. Um, if if they were responsible for that one, but uh, I don't think so. Although it, it does have a very, it is a very powerful um, message film, and of course timely as hell as we await uh, the verdict in the George Floyd trial as we record this. Yeah, yeah. Next, we've got best production design, and I think I'm going to say this is the one award that goes to Mank. Yeah, because it it looks this film looks great um, for all of its many flaws. Um, I think it looks fantastic, and the production design was a big part of that. Yeah, I wasn't strangely. People were raving about the cinematography before it was released, and I actually didn't like the cinematography. Um, but I really liked the production design, and it's got all of the studio lot elements and it's got the hollywood land sign the old hollywood land sign and um yeah i i just i think that that's the that's the one where all the la people say oh, okay i remember that you know it's it's you know going back to the old <laughs> days um and it also feels like none of the other ones in this category apart from maybe ma rainey um can you know have a strong enough case on their own it could really be mixed like a mixed bag apart from mank uh so i think that'll sail to the top of the pile yeah and then um how about costume design what do you think Uh, another one of mank's many nominations but what do you think of this one this one does feel like it's going to ma rainey um because Mm -hmm. it's also fun uh, despite being period it's fun and colorful with it um I think that's definitely a benefit for the costume design. The fact that Mank doesn't have, you know, is in black and white, can't really showcase the costumes as much. Um, so I, I would definitely go with Ma Rainey, and that would be my personal pick in this. Um, although I've not seen Mulan or Emma. Um, Emma's kind of the one that might have won back in the day. It does feel like, you know, the Jane Austen, the period novel, um, option but i'm not sure that it it has a chance this year but i could be wrong 
Well, I, I'm also on board with Ma Rainey winning this one, and it's my prediction uh, as well. Because if for all of its faults, um, it does have a cracking look in terms of the costumes. And then, um, then we had Mark Ruffalo come on stage to present the documentary categories. Um, not sure why he was presenting documentary, but he was. So let us start with documentary feature. Now i've I've only seen I've only seen the mole agent of these, um, which is kind of uh, not indefensible because at least two of the other ones are on Netflix, so I could. I could watch them anytime. Um, my prediction based solely on my impression of the film and also some uh, predecessors is time. Uh, it seems, you know, I can't put it another way, very timely. And um, I, I just, I see this one uh, as a kind of very apt winner in this category. I would love for time to win, to be honest, because um, I thought it was easily the best of the bunch, uh, although I, Collective is also very good. I'm going to have a bitch about My Octopus Teacher right now, because this is a film. This is a film about a guy who learns to care about animals through an octopus. So he, he kind of freely admits that he has no compassion for animals until he met this octopus. So it's it's really about this guy who's a horrible human being, you know, sort of <laughs> <laughs> learning to respect animals, which is hardly like the greatest arc in the world. Um, and uh, I think I read a letterbox review from Baby Clyde, um, who, uh, who many people listen to this will know, and... Um, I think it was something like, you know, the octopus must be thinking, you know, why don't you go and have your midlife crisis somewhere else? <laughs> like, this is kind of... <laughs> Which I just thought was one of the best reviews I've read recently. Um, but yeah, it's just such a weak documentary. Um, it's just really maudlin and earnest, um, which is kind of semi-appealing, but um, it's a documentary, it's an educational piece, it's really not very enlightening at all uh so mm. but i think that's going to win because I, it won the bafta and it won the producers guild award um so i kind of feel like it's going to win but i really really hope not well fingers crossed and i was actually just tentacles about to watch crossed. it this afternoon <laughs> tentacles crossed yeah i was actually just about to watch it this afternoon and decided against it so now it's gone even lower on my list um but the podcast might have been like half an hour longer if Chris had watched it. I think we both would have like been <laughs> enraged. <laughs> Maybe we could have gotten a special episode out of it. <laughs> Just hating on it. All right, documentary short subject. Um, again, I'm afraid I've only seen one of these, a, long, a love song for Latasha, uh, which, was, um, which was very powerful. And watching it directly after Two Distant Strangers was a bit of a one-two punch. Mm. Um, I'm predicting Hunger Ward for this one. Um, again, based solely on the subject matter. So I can't really defend it. I, I'm i also going for Hunger Ward um, based on the subject matter. Um, I've seen the others. Um, but it just it does feel like maybe Hunger Ward may also strike a chord more with with women um specifically as well um and also it's a you know war-torn country and um i think there'll be a lot of appeal for that within the people who watch these um my vote would go to do not split which is wonderful um 40 minute documentary on the uh the protests in hong kong um Mm. protesting the Chinese government and to me that feels maybe the maybe as timely as Latasha which is also really good um but I think also it you know it's a it's very much a live demonstration of the political conflict going on um told at the time and it's got a lot of uh, live footage and it feels very fresh and it feels very vital that people should see this so 
Um, I, I very much feel like that should win, but I think it's more likely to go to Hungerward or Colette, which is extremely um, emotional as well. All right. Um, after that, then, um, Mahershala Ali came up to present Best Supporting Actress. And this year, Brad Pitt will be presenting that. And I am predicting... Um, I am predicting Yu Young Yoon for Minari. And that would be the correct decision, right? Mm, I think so, yes. Absolutely. Absolutely. Me too in this category. I think she's head and shoulders above the other four, like in terms of who should win. Um, and she won the SAG and BAFTA, so it's got to be like a, pretty much a done deal, right? Yeah, I think so. Um at this point, yeah, she's got she's got those under her belt, and it seems like that's really all she needs to to lock it down. All right, and then the awards were presented for sound editing and sound mixing, but this year they have decided to fold them into a single category: best sound. So, what do you think about that decision then? I never completely understood the difference between sound editing and sound mixing, so I'm fine with it. Yeah. <laughs> I think, yeah, I think I, yeah, I didn't fully understand either. I do wonder what are the editors and the mixers feel? Because <laughs> uh, we suddenly, are they giving the, the, this Oscar to both then? It seems that it is awarded for, yeah, every the mixers and the editors now that they've that they've um, shrunk it into a single category. So I think everybody they would have been nominated separately before, and now they're just going to be kind of thrown in together. Mm. It does feel as if you know people who, because often sound editing attracted different films like action films and war films particularly, mm -hmm. whereas. With sound mixing, you could get, you know, La La Land nominated and um, things like that. So you're sort of like getting two sides of the coin here. You know, if you're a war film and you end up losing to the musical, you're like, shit, well, I'm the sound editor. I would have won if we were still, you know, separate categories. Mm -hmm. So it's, it's kind of like a bit more at the will of um, what you're going up against. But I can understand... Um, people not involved in sound and film not knowing the difference between these um, yeah if there are any sound editors or sound mixers out there who can explain the difference you know drop us a line <laughs> uh, i always understood editing to be more about effects um, uh -huh. and mixing about how they all blend together um the score with the effects with the dialogue but mm. um i Surely, I mean, the odds have to be with the uh, nominee with the word sound in the title, right? Uh, yeah, definitely. Sound of Metal. Um, and it's got great, it's great sound, sound mixing and sound editing um, in this. And I think that the soundscape of it is such an important part of it that it's hard not to give it this award. Yeah, I'm with you. I love how it um, it shows, you know, the transitions between him not being able to hear and um, the way the music comes in at the end, you know, it, it's got a lot going on. Um, and it's also very showy, so it's bound to be recognised by the, the average person that wouldn't be that interested in sound elements. So after sound came best cinematography... Now this one I'm I was a little iffy on because Mank won the American Cinematographers Award. Yeah. And they are usually pretty good at predicting the Oscars, but I'm actually um leaning more towards Nomadland for this one. Um because I really like the look of Nomadland and uh I thought that the cinematography was very very beautiful. And there's a lot of great shots in that. Yeah, um, there's been a lot of uh, black and white cinematography nominations lately. 
Um, but I think the only one that has won has been Roma. Um, the rest of them haven't. Um, so I think, you know, when it comes down to black and white versus great landscapes and uh, things like that, I think maybe the landscape's still at the edge and Nomadland is shot wonderfully and it does very much evoke um, that part of America and uh, it's also a very strong film uh, in the race, we're assuming. Uh, so yep. it seems like it should be taking this home pretty easily. Mm-hmm. But that ASC nomin- uh, win for Mank is definitely... Um, makes you think twice about it yeah yeah and then uh after cinematography came film editing what do you think of this one well you're not going to want to hear this um so we can i'm sure there's a lot of stats with um how editing lines up with best picture also um but mm-hmm. i of all of the eight, uh, best picture nominees we're sort of currently predicting, I believe we're both predicting, apart from maybe the father that you're not predicting, um, them all to win something, so to take something home. So that was where my thought process was at when I sort of ended up predicting Trial of the Chicago 7 because mm-hmm. I sort of feel like it's the place to reward the film. Um and often that doesn't happen where the Best Picture nominees all get something. Um, sometimes it does, sometimes it doesn't. Um, but I feel like it was the best reason I could have for choosing one of the films in this category. Um, but it does feel like there are a couple other ones that are in with the shot. But I think The Trial of the Chicago 7, with its sort of very you know different characters and different scenes, different situations, you know, intercutting between things... Um, might be a way of rewarding the movie for being sort of um, a bit hyper. Mm. Fair enough. Um, without having seen it, my prediction is for Sound of Metal um, because, again, I really liked the way it was edited and I uh, really liked the way this uh, the scenes were put together and cut together, so more so than the other of the four nominees. I'd, um yeah, it it makes the most sense to me of the four that I've seen, but maybe I will find the editing of the Chicago 7 at least a saving grace of the film when I do actually see it. I would vote for Nomadland, although I, I agree the sound of metal editing is really good. I, I guess maybe with this category, I just feel like maybe the most easiest to watch is the best editing. Um, mm. Or where, you know, you, you don't get sudden shifts um to situations you weren't expecting um which is why i sort of thought nomadland flowed really well but um yeah well what about the father's editing because that that sort of changes you know time frames um which is which is kind of showy in itself yeah it is, but I want, I don't know how much of that is the editor and how much of that was just in the screenplay to begin with and they were just following the instructions. Yeah, that's true. Best visual effects. Um, and this is one where I've only seen one nominee because the others look bad. Um, <laughs> could this go anywhere but to net? I don't think so, no. And I have not seen any of them, but I'm predicting that one. Uh, because uh, don't bother yeah <laughs> okay that's what i hear <laughs> i didn't understand a word of it absolute drivel <laughs> uh, well, absolute drivel is my um nutshell review for a lot of nolan films <laughs> okay makeup and hairstyling uh this is another one that i think is going to go to ma Rainey. i do too yeah um mm. they make you know Viola's got the fat suit going on and um, there's lots of sweat involved and um, it's, yeah, yeah, there are, I, I think it's, it's impressive without being too showy, um, although I would vote for Pinocchio because 
I've seen some of the film and I think the the, the makeup work is exceptional um, on that movie. Um, but I, I can't imagine that Academy at Large having watched Pinocchio. And then after that, uh, Penelope Cruz came on to... I'm sure she was disappointed that she didn't present this to uh, Pedro, but she was presenting Best International Feature Film. Um, and is there any possibility of an upset in this, or is it definitely going to another round? Well, what used to happen in this category was that you had to prove that you'd seen all five nominees to vote. Um and about four or five years ago, they, they sort of changed that and said that all branches can vote regardless of whether they've seen all of the nominees. Um, so hmm. I think that another round has this in the bag, um, if only because it's also got a Best Director nomination. And that itself will encourage more people to watch it. Um, but... For me, I thought that Quo Vadis Aida was brilliant and completely deserves this award. And if it, if as many people watch Quo Vadis Aida, it would have a shot. But I, I really can't see that happening. So I think it's another round. Mm. What do you think? Yeah, I agree. It's going to, I think it's definitely going to be another round. Um, unfortunately, and I'm, very mad at myself that it's the only one of the nominees I've seen so far. I mean, I saw some of the shortlisted ones that didn't make the final list, um, and I haven't been able to find Quo Vadis Aida subtitled, so I, I really have to... It'd be a quite a feat to see all of these before Sunday, but I I mean, I love another round, and I think it's amazing, and I would I'm perfectly happy with its frontrunner status. I had some issues with another round, but I, I did like it overall. Better Days is on uh, Netflix. Um, I think Collective might be on Amazon. Um, Quo Vadis I think is on the Curzon uh, cinema mm-hmm. app. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's about £10 um, on that, and it's well worth watching, to be honest. Very good. The, the um, Man Who Sold His Skin, I've not seen that anywhere available. Okay, and then we then now we get musical uh, best original score. Um, I, I I picked Soul for this one based solely on its predecessor wins, um, and because I can't remember much of the score of the films on this list that I have seen, so I think it's Soul. That's my prediction. Yeah, it's it seems like a really weak category, doesn't it? Like, I I mean, having seen them all. Soul has the best score, but it's not a particularly typical uh, score that wins the Oscar. Because I mean, a jazz score is not, you know, really in this day and age, it's unheard of. Um, you'd normally have the flowery score winning, but you, which would probably in this case be News of the World, but it it's also a bit old, old fashioned, and it definitely feels like Soul um is going to win this, and it's probably also a, a you know place to award the film or and Trent Reznor and Atticus Ross as well who have become quite popular but I mean De Five Bloods can you remember the score from that not really I can remember many other things about it that I would probably have nominated for other categories but... yeah yeah totally well, but not the score <laughs> no no wouldn't have wouldn't have thought how about original song? Well, this one seems like a little bit of a, a little bit of a bloodbath, to be honest. Um, I, in my heart of hearts, I really, really want um, Diane Warren to win this. Um, for this Italian song, it's it's really, really nice and um, and, and pleasant to listen to, and it, it it's just lovely, and it's sort of this, you know, you get songs written for films and you think you know god i i wouldn't listen to this outside of the film or if we you know if i wasn't predicting this category um <laughs> but but that one is on my spotify playlist because it's really really pretty um but i feel like it's probably going to go to speak now 
Um, but it, this does mm. feel open. What do you rec- What do you reckon for this one? Uh, well, having listened to all the songs, I'm actually going to predict uh, that one scene from the Life Ahead. Um, I think it ha- I think it sounds Oscar-y, if that makes sense. Like it just sounds like the kind of song that would win an Academy Award. Um, my personal favorite of the five is "Fight for You." Uh, from Judas and the Black Messiah, um, may I guess just because it does it for me, which you know I don't know if that's what they go for when they vote for this. If it's just like oh I like that song I'll give it an Oscar, um, or as we talked about in our original song episode, do they consider how it goes with the rest of the film? Um, mm. But my prediction I'm going to go with uh, yeah, scene from the life ahead. What did you think of Husevik? I think that they should try entering it in Eurovision because yes. it's exactly a Eurovision song. Uh, <laughs> and, you know, I, I have to admit, I do have a guilty soft spot for Eurovision. Um, I do kind of enjoy putting myself through all of it. And... So I did. I did kind of enjoy it. I have to admit, but it's yeah, a, I, it's a perfect perfect Eurovision song. I think. Yeah i I really didn't like the film, and it it sort of soured me a little bit on the song. But I can't deny that it's very much the kind of song that would be entered in Eurovision, and it's probably the biggest success that the you know of the film. Um, uh, Eurovision Song Contest coming May twenty second, people, and it's a cracking bunch of songs this year, um, not to be missed. Um, I'm a big Eurovision fan, um, but yeah, I, I wouldn't be unhappy to see Husevik win, but Diane Warren, it's about time, surely now. I think it's been like twelve nominations. Yeah, something like that. On to best director. Um, is this a is this a given? I think it's a given. Yeah, I think uh, I think Chloe's gotten in the bag. Yeah, I do too. Um, which would be my vote. Um, how do you think this would stack up against Catherine Bigelow's win? And it's also it is also my personal pick for the category as well. Um, and I, I, this was a close one for me. I mean, I love the direction of Another Round and of Minari. Um, so it was really between those three, but when I really thought about it and thought about what uh, stood out for me about Nomadland the most, it was um, the directing just was very, very humanist and very kind of, um, I don't know, it's hard to describe, but it, it, it didn't get in the way of the film, but it was also a sure hand. So I, I appreciated that and I thought that she did a great job in directing this movie. Yeah, couldn't agree more, and it couldn't nice happen to a nicer woman as well. She's just come across really lovely throughout the awards season. Um, she really does. Yeah, uh, best actor. <laughs> this could be interesting. <laughs> <laughs> could be, could be. Um, I'm predicting it goes to Bozeman. I think Chadwick Bozeman, even though I'm not. Maybe this is sacrilege. I'm not a huge fan of his performance in Ma Rainey. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I don't think it was amazing by any stretch, but I think he's going to win. It's, he's my prediction. I sort of dread um, what Twitter is going to be like if, if Anthony Hopkins wins this. Um, I just think it's going to explode because there are so many different mm-hmm. dimensions and Oscar has such a history of rewarding the old white guy. Um, and <laughs> it, it's true, right? Um, oh, but, absolutely, yeah. I mean, per, like, personally, I thought Anthony Hopkins was sensational and would, I like, I yes. mean, he, I thought he, he deserved to win this category. Um, um, but I also thought Chadwick Boseman was, was excellent. So I, I think they're both really good. I just don't know how how Ampass is going to vote against Chadwick Boseman, given all that's happened in the past year and all the 
sadness that's come from his death and the um also mourning the career that he's not had you know that the career that he he still yeah. had left in him which would would have been a long one i'm sure um but it isn't it sort of rewarding the work that he would eventually give as well as rewarding this performance in itself you know yeah i would ag- i agree mm-hmm. i also think that hopkins was amazing in the father and if he wins i'm not going to be upset and i don't think i don't think that it would be a an issue of them just rewarding the old white guy i mean gary oldman's going for his second win in that particular category um but i don't think he's going to get it um my but i my vote would go to steven yoon and minari for this one um i i loved his performance in that movie and i would i would vote for that to be fair i think they're all at least good i even liked oldman quite a lot i thought he was like have having fun with it and like i thought it was the best thing about the film um oh for sure yeah and it's good to have like this not you know this might be his last nomination or whatever but at least it's not darkest hour um you know yeah but um i still think that one's in the balance but i that might just be a british thing that hopkins won the bafta you think mm-hmm. yeah now best actress right up to this moment i i'm not sure about anything here don't know who's gonna win i just gonna i just have to say something and stick with it but i don't know do you have one that you're absolutely sure about i don't have one that i'm sure about um i just keep going back to andrew day and despite the lack of the sag nomination um the idea that she's playing of the, the most famous character and i like I can't. I, Ma Rainey's not somebody that I'd heard of before this film was announced. Um, had you? No. Yeah. So I. I mean, part of me feels like Andrew Day is playing the most famous character. Renee Zellweger won the Oscar last year for playing Judy Garland. Um, mm-hmm. There's a lot baity about the performance, even though the film leaves a lot to be desired. Um, so I'm going for Andrew Day, and like I, I realize that that's not who the favorite is, but I, I'm just uh, feeling it. But it, I mean, it feels like this could be, you know, four of these women at least, right? Definitely. Um, that's actually the one of the nominees that I haven't seen yet. Um, but having seen the rest, um, oh, what the hell? I'm gonna predict that Frances McDormand wins her third. Wow. Oscar for Nomadland. Yeah. Um, I mean, I, I if any, if anybody deserves to have three Oscars nowadays, I think it's her. Um, she's great. I know that um, when we talked about our uh, nominations predictions, I wasn't super laudatory of this performance. Um, but I definitely don't think it's a bad performance by any means. And I think that um, I just was a little underwhelmed by it, maybe because I was expecting more from her specifically. Maybe if it wasn't her in the role, I might have been more impressed. Um, but I, I do think she has a very strong chance of winning. And yeah, I, I'd like to see her have three. So I'll, I'll predict Frances McDormand. I, who would you vote for then? Who would I vote for? Um, I was back and forth on this, um, but ultimately I would have voted, I think, for Vanessa Kirby. Yeah, I think she's phenomenal. I, th- I mean, I, yeah. I'm kind of in between McDormand and and Kirby and Day. Um, like I could, mm-hmm. I could interchange. I think all of this lineup are really, really good performances. Um, and I'm constantly switching the lineup, but. Uh, I think it would probably be McDormand would would lead my list, um, but it does feel like this is the performance that might get her there because of the strength of the film around her as well. Um, she is a huge, huge part of the film, but it there's also a lot within the film to unpack apart from her performance. Um, 
this is definitely the most natural she's been for me. Um, I can't begrudge her other two Oscar wins, even though I wouldn't have voted for her in those years. Um, but mm-hmm. uh, but she's she's constantly she's constantly pushing it. She's been nominated every year since the eighties, every decade since the eighties, right? Like from yeah, I think that's five decades in a row, which I believe has only been done by Streep and Nicholson. Um, so it's 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 Kane. kind of and it's Kane as well, Kane as well. Yeah. So that's a huge, that's like illustrious company to be among there. Um, Absolutely. So yeah, um, and I also quickly add that um, if either Mulligan or McDormand win, it'll be the first time since 2003 uh, that a performer wins an acting Oscar for a film directed by a woman. Wow. Yeah, not since uh, Charlize Theron for Monster, as it happened. And what about before that? (laughs) I guess Anna Paquin? Or could we get... (laughs) Probably, yeah, Anna Paquin and Holly Hunter, yeah. Crazy. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay, I I think they're going to leave Best... They're going to leave Best Actress till late, right? I think this, this might be a similar order of categories that we've discussed today that happens tonight because the it seems like they've gotten more wide open the further we've gone on yeah i think and and lately they have um like it used to be that they awarded director just before picture but i think in the past several years they've moved director back and moved the act the lead acting categories to the end just before picture and i i i'm sure they'll do that again this year yeah, because it, it does feel like the director winner uh, tends to be the film that would win uh, Best Picture if it wasn't a preferential ballot. So it, it's sort of like the front runner wins Best Director, but then anything could happen with Best Picture because you're forcing people to rank these and certain things come into play. Like, is this film a front runner? Uh, has this film been overpraised in my eyes? Would I then reduce it down to last? Um, mm-hmm. So there are a lot of things coming into play. Some of them might not have even been seen. Um, so people might be ranking one to four of the four they've seen. Um, wh- how do you see this going? Um, I see it going to Nomadland. Any doubt at all? Not really. Um, I know that you know, I mentioned that horrid possibility of the Trial of Chicago 7 winning Best Picture if it wins Best Screenplay. Because I well remember uh, the last time I watched the Oscars was the 2015 Oscars when Spotlight won original screenplay at the beginning of the night. And then we didn't hear anything about it for three hours. And then all of a sudden, Best Picture is Spotlight. And that was just the worst. Um <laughs> So I suppose that could happen again. And if they do announce Trial Chicago 7 as original screenplay, um, I might start hitting the bourbon early. Uh, <laughs> but no, I, I, I'm i trying to forget about that possibility. And I think I, I think it's going to be Nomadland. Um, and I don't have too much too much doubt in my mind. I don't have a great amount of doubt. I think... I think there's been some sort of a, an attempt recently to smear it um, with with saying that it's pro-Amazon in some way, um, as if people in the Academy aren't pro-Amazon. Um, they'll happily, they'll happily like subscribe to Amazon Prime, but then they'll criticize it when it, you know, talking about it in public. Um, but I feel like if anything will upset Nomadland, it will be Trial of the Chicago 7 because it's a very mainstream film that appeals to everyone, even if it's on a basic level. Um, I'd be delighted to see a film like Nomadland win, but um, yeah, the, I don't know. The, everything since La La Land, I've been like, okay, I don't know what's going on. Anything can happen now <laughs> because that was, although in retrospect, maybe the fact that it's a musical put a lot of people off. Yeah, and other aspects of it put people off, I'm sure. Do you think this is a good year for the Oscars in general from what they've nominated? 
I think they've nominated a pretty good slate for Best Picture. Um, again, without having seen a couple of them, I fully expect to like Judas and the Black Messiah. Um, I thought that The Father was great. I thought that Minari was brilliant, and it's actually my top pick for Best Picture. I would actually vote for Minari. Um, I I thought Promising Young Woman was promising, and it... <laughs> It has not remained esteemed in my head as long as some of the other ones, but it, I don't certainly don't consider it a bad movie. Um, Sound of Metal was great. I really enjoyed that. And um, we didn't mention uh, Riz Ahmed his, when we were talking about lead actor, but his performance is great in that as well. He's brilliant, yeah. yeah. And yeah, Nomadland, I liked. And I think it's a good to great film uh by a very great a very good director uh who i i'm glad to see get recognized for her work so overall looking at and i was oh, i was so happy to see um vinterberg get a nomination for another round for directing what a what a great nomination that was um well not to gloat not to gloat but you did call that we we kind of both called it didn't we mm. We did, so, yeah. And and if one good thing has been coming uh, from the nominations recently, it's, it's that there seems to be um, a foreign best director, you know, in there pretty regularly. Yeah, that was pretty great. And I also called the two women getting nominated for best director, so I was happy to see that pan out as well. Okay, uh, any more? On the Oscars this year, are we? Uh, are you going to be watching on Sunday? I'm, I'm going to watch it. Yeah. Um. Like I said, I haven't watched the Oscars since I moved out of Eastern, Eastern Standard Time. But, <laughs> uh. So I've got, I've got coffee, and I've got, like I said, my traditional bottle of bourbon, uh, which is my quaff for the Oscars. Uh, when I do watch it, but I found it difficult to watch the whole thing when I was in the U.S. because it got so late. So when it's not even going to start until one o'clock in the morning here, I'm I'm a little uh, a little nervous. I'm a little nervous. Yeah, I think the popcorn and the the bourbon is definitely needed. Um, yep. And the and the pizza. Um, I have a feeling it might be shorter this year because they're not having the song performances um mm. and i feel like maybe the um speeches might be shorter um but i mean i can't imagine them being at like the people at the london uh event are going to be wrecked aren't they like <laughs> oh, i'm sure yeah okay um all right so um we have a website, it's categoricallyoscars.com. We're on Twitter at categoricallyo. Uh, what are we doing next episode? Our next episode, which is coming out this weekend, is my favorite category, my favorite acting category of all time, Best Actor 1964. Um, this is our second dip into 1964, in fact, because luckily none of these were from original screenplay nominees. Um, and the nominees in 1964 were Peter O'Toole and Sir Richard Burton for Thomas Beck for Beckett, sorry. Um, Anthony Quinn for Zorba the Greek, Peter Sellers for Dr. Strangelove and the winner, Rex Harrison for the year's quote unquote best picture, My Fair Lady. Yes. And, um, Women beware. <laughs> Women do not get much um, much of a fair shake, shall we say, from some of these uh, brutish characters in these movies, So, which is interesting. But As Peter O'Toole's Henry II said in a different film, um, I could have conquered England, Europe, but I had women in my life. Yeah. <laughs> um, Okay, thanks for tuning into this episode. And if you tuned in uh, and you're kind of only interested in this year's Oscar race for the minute, um, wait until after after the Oscar ceremony has ended and we've we've all been terribly let down by the winners they've chosen, um, <laughs> and then treat yourself to a lot of old classics. Um, 
and revisit some of our episodes. Because um, everything was better back in the day, right? Absolutely. Hüsse wie Quetschkerl, Werner, die Hände. 